Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Is everybody ready? Monday, Monday. Just another manic Monday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. (laughs) Oh, man, it's The Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your Monday. Jake Scott with you from our vivid Smart Home Arena studios. Austin Horton across the glass from me and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only Gordon Monson. Gordon, happy Monday. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well, thanks, Jake. I uh, hope you had a good weekend. And uh, Austin, uh, lots going on in the world, both in sports and out of it. But uh, hope you're uh, all hanging in. Did you uh, manage to to salvage any uh, any joy out of the weekend? Do anything fun? Uh, fun. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't consider it fun, no, but I, I had a decent weekend. Good. It's not like I went out and, and uh, you know, uh, threw a party or uh, enjoyed some sort of pleasure that uh, was extraordinary. But uh, I, I, I'm living. I had one, I guess, positive part of my weekend. Gordon, we do uh, a movie night on Friday night, and I've been uh-huh. kind of catching up on all the kids' movies that have been made basically since I was a kid, right? So uh, a pretty big gap there. So realizing that uh, this movie has uh, been seen by millions of people and I'm late to the game, <laughs> uh, we watched Inside Out on Friday. Have you ever oh, okay. uh, have you ever yeah. seen that? Uh, yeah, you seen had it. never seen it? I had never seen it. And? It was amazing. It's my favorite Pixar. Yeah. No, it, it it was an amazing, amazing movie. And, and for the one of you out there that hasn't seen it, it it's basically uh, emotions inside a, what an 11-year-old's head. And there's five <laughs> there's five emotions that are kind of running the show, uh, so to speak. There's uh, what it's it's joy, disgust, anger, fear, and sadness. Right. Yeah. And I thought it was it, it had a really great message. It you know, I, I, I bet it's uh, been positive in a lot of kids lives on how do they deal with their emotions and, and you know, what an important thing in uh, in society. But uh, I, I thought I found the concept uh, pretty cool and I, I thought about it. And you know what? Uh, it seems like joy has been absent uh, from my life for a while because of a variety of reasons. And uh, the other four have been kind of running the show a little bit, so I'm 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 gonna make it my effort, Gordon, to bring a little joy back into my perspective. That is my so charge. So did you did you learn anything from the movie that would help you prompt such a thing? Uh I don't know. Just more thought. I guess it provoked thought in my head. Do you and, have to uh, feed the emotion? In order for it to prosper? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by lying to myself, and then I'm going to see if I can actually experience what, uh, what real joy is actually like. But I, I thought it was, a, I thought it was a, a good message on how you kind of have to actually, you know, have them all working together to, to you know, go through this thing called life. So I, I thought it was a great message. But, but joy has been, uh, you know, joy disappeared to go to the 7-Eleven to get donuts a couple of months ago and... It hasn't come back, so you know. Let's try to bring a little joy back into into my thought process. That was okay, that was so my, do, my goal so, so this he, weekend. Here's here's the question: Does does that happen on its own, or do you have to consciously prompt it? That, that that that's the question. Does does one rule the other, or does the other rule the one? Uh, I don't know, Gordon. If you, if you, uh, I mean this honestly. If you figure out the answer to that question, let me know. 
you know? <laughs> you're know. still waiting. You're still waiting for the donuts. Huh? Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> so if you get to the bottom of that one, uh, right. do me a do me a favor. Shoot me an email. Let me let me know I'll, what's I'll going on. I'll look into it. I will look into it. Speaking of movies, Jake, I will tell you that uh, my family finished uh, the twenty twenty first of I believe there's twenty four of the Marvel movies. We have three more to go. Wow, you guys are really making progress. How many yeah. How many of these had you seen going in? Oh, a handful. Including the last one? Uh, I don't think I'd seen the last one. The last, uh, you mean the last one upcoming? Well, like Endgame, right? Uh, not the last one, like uh, the previous one. I mean, the la- like the, the last, last one, which I have not the, seen, by the way. The Avengers uh, Endgame? Right. I, I, my daughter tried to get me to watch that about... Um, Seven, eight months ago. I don't know how long ago it was. Maybe it was uh, about five months ago, and I fell asleep in it because I didn't have any frame of reference for what was going on. I was going to say, so you're going to get the full endgame experience. That's pretty cool, right? I I will understand things a little better. Hmm. But one thing about these uh, I've noticed about these movies is that the the good guys really have – you talk about emotions – they have all these self-doubts. They have all these these uh, uh, issues going on inside them. Uh, they're not like my memory of these characters when I was a kid. Uh, not the way they're portrayed in these movies. They have they're carrying a lot of baggage with them, and in some cases, the bad guy seems more powerful than they do. But then ultimately. Uh, at the end, they find a way. Hmm. Anyway, it, interesting. I think they're well done, uh, but uh, uh, I like some better than others. Uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't seen nearly all of them. That's kind of, that's kind of the reason I didn't see Endgame is because I've I've got some some work to do, right? Uh, but they're good. They're all well done. I like the the um, I like the raccoon one. I think that one's my favorite. Yeah, Guardians. Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy, yeah. The, those are pretty close. They have now, a good soundtrack. Now that you've seen Inside Out, though, Jake, uh-huh. there is also on Disney Plus a Pixar short called Riley's First Date. Saw it. We watched, watched that it, as like, well? immediately afterwards. Yeah, because it was is... It, was it related? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's oh, okay. hilarious. I mean, absolutely hilarious. It's what goes through, like, the dad's brain uh, when the date shows up to pick up his daughter. Well, I've been there. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I'm sure yeah. you can identify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, it's good. It, it, it was really good. So there you go. I, uh, I, I, I do have one observation about uh, I, I have not, you know, some of these movies have been, there have been different incarnations of them or reincarnations of them. And uh, the, the, the one that we saw before this last one was the, uh, the Spider-Man Homecoming one. And I had not seen a Spider-Man movie with, uh, what's the kid's name, Tom Holland? Is that his name? Yep. That guy looks like a young Quinn Snyder. Really? Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. Well, I, I don't see that, yeah. That's, it's funny because we were watching a movie the other day, and my daughter and I, turned we turned to each other at the same time, and I said, he looks like a young, and my daughter said, Quinn Snyder. Hmm. I, yeah, I'll have to look again. I, I, I really noticed that. Here's so. here's my question for you, Austin. Who would look like a young Gordon Monson? <laughs> a young Nick Cage. Okay. <laughs> oh, a young Nick go. Nolte. Here we go. Who would you? A young so- Gary Busey. <laughs> Who would you, you select? You, a- you haven't you haven't seen. Uh, are you talking about the way I look now, or the way I looked when I was a young stud? No, who would play you as a young okay. person? Not not who looks exactly. Well, I know, like but you you, you know, do you know what I look like when I was younger? Yes. Yeah. So kind of kind of like you do now, but younger. No, I looked. Uh, I was a catch back then. Now I'm sort of a beat up old man. But uh, anyway. Okay. Who would you that. select to play a young uh, Gordon Monson in his prime? I, I don't know. In my prime. Uh, I don't know. Prime That's, Monson. I, that would be a tough one for me to pick. But uh, uh, do you think Jack your life? Would, do you think Jack your life would make, would make wow. a good movie? Do you think we could, the my Jake life Scott story? Oh yeah. no, my life would make a very boring movie. <laughs> uh, no, your college years would make a great college comedy. Yeah, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk happen. about those those things anymore, Austin. Those the Lost Chronicles. Those are <laughs> those are long gone, and uh, 
some pleasant, some not memories. Uh, they've been, now shall we been, say, a sponge? They've been shelved. Would it, yeah. be, uh, would it be a little bit uh, Animal House-ish? Uh, no. No. Different. <laughs> different than that. Different. Different. But just as bad. All right. We, we understand. Everybody, I, it's so it's so funny. Through all my years of interviewing people, when I do these uh, big, long takeouts on them, features, they don't think their life is that interesting. And then when you dive into it, I, I would suggest that every almost everybody has an interesting story to tell. Almost everybody. So don't sell yourself short there. All right, Gordon, we do have a lot to do today on the show, as we uh, often do on Mondays. Uh, Chris Mannix is going to be on with us, top of the 4 4 o'clock hour at 4.30. Former Utah receiver Kenneth Scott is going to be on the show. And I'm glad uh, Kenneth is going to join us because getting um, what has been uh, interesting to follow over the weekend, Gordon, and I thought Chris Camerani, did a great job. I I thought you wrote a good column, but but Chris uh, did a a good job of, of reaching out to African-American former Utah players and getting their thoughts. And, and there was a lot of very revealing and interesting stuff in, in that conversation. So I'm glad we're getting a former player perspective from Kenneth Scott coming up today at, uh, at 4.30. I think that's an important voice as we process some of these things. And process is the word because everybody out there who knows Morgan or who is a fan of the Utah football program uh, has some interest in this, and people who care about these issues, very important issues, uh, is processing this, trying to figure out what to make of it. Now, there are some who automatically say, uh, he should be fired, and others who say, okay, if the investigation finds a pattern here, then he should be fired. Uh, others say that everyone makes mistakes. He should be forgiven. He's different now, blah, blah, blah. So, so it seems like folks are quite confused about what the proper course of action is at this point. Well, we'll get into it, and we'll get into it starting with the, the split story of the day. Uh, but real quick, Dave Slamalochton, I always enjoy saying that, tweets in, and he says, tweet out a photo of young Gordon Monson, and let us tweet in who would play him in a movie. Is that what you really want? Kind of. Would you be Would you be willing to participate? Uh, I will. I will text to you, Jake, uh, a picture from my youth, and then you can text it out or tweet it out. And I can tweet it out. Okay. Uh-huh. I I like. I kind of like this exercise. All right. Frankly, I want to I want to see what uh, a good-looking young Gordon Monson was bringing to the table back uh, back in the heyday. I had game back then. All man, right, I'll tell you. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, interesting suggestion, uh, Dave. We'll we'll see what we can do. Uh, you can follow uh, me on Twitter at Jake Scott Zone at Austin Horton and at Gordon Monson. All right, Gordon. Let's uh, let's get into the Morgan Scally situation in the column uh, you had in the trip over the weekend. Hit it. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. So how much does it mean to recruiting in Texas to play a bowl game in Texas? How much does it mean to play the Longhorns anywhere? And then obviously you're doing both. It's huge. Out. It's huge. I mean, like within an hour of it being announced, I had 25 text messages from high school coaches in Houston. Just excited for the game, excited for the matchup. Um, so, and and that and the fact that you've got guys here from you know like Brent Keithy, for example, the the year that he's having, and then to be able to say that you got him out of Houston, Texas, and and uh, and his brother Blake. A lot of people don't know about Blake. Blake's uh, had a hard go of things with some ACL tears, but that guy's unbelievable. Really good football player. So. I'm excited to obviously be down there, have those coaches, have those have those recruits see us. That was Morgan Scally talking about recruiting Texas, which uh, of course is at the heart of the story. Uh, that is uh, that certainly went national. Gordon, I heard it talked about on Fox Sports Radio all weekend long. Morgan Scally, of course, the news broke during the show on Friday, which. 
That was uh, that was tough news to to break during the middle of the show, Gordon, to uh, to process some thoughts. But uh, I get us started. I I read your column over the weekend. Um, I, I appreciated your perspective. Kind of kind of sum up your message, and maybe I can add there too. Well, uh, okay, uh, we're doing the show on Friday, and we get word of this that there was a text message that Morgan Scally had sent out and that it had used uh, a racist slur in it. And uh, since then, there have been all kinds of indications as to what the scenario was. And uh, do you trust those uh, sources, Jake? Mm -hmm. That uh, there was a text involved that he he thought he was sending to a, a, a colleague and uh, he instead sent it to the recruiter, the recruit's family or something, and it included that racist slur. Right. Um, do you, and you believe that? you think that's exactly what happened? Um, well, I don't think we know exactly what happened. But, I mean, you know, Camrani had that as part of his story, and Morgan himself admitted to, to sending the text. So, I mean, it, he said, it would— he said, he said it was a text message. That's, he didn't give any details. No, he did not. But this would seem—it would seem to fit, wouldn't it? So, so yeah, it, it does seem to piece together. Um, but Morgan comes out, apologizes— said how sorry he was for what took place and that he would learn from it and that it would never happen again, that he is not racist. Now, just the use of that word from an employee of a public university, especially somebody in a position of leadership, especially in this day of awareness, is the timing is really difficult for a lot of people. And it, it, it seems as though there are different reactions, like I said earlier. There are those who are defending him. There are those who are saying, hey, let's wait this out. Let's see what the invest, independent investigation finds. There are the, some who say, nope, he used that word. That's unacceptable. We're, we want him gone. Uh, there are those who suspect that if you use that word casually in a text, then chances are it's not the only time, the first time, the last time you're going to do it. And so this is the vortex of what Morgan finds himself in the middle of. Now, many people really like Morgan Scally. Uh, we, we know Morgan. We've worked with Morgan. He worked on our radio station for a while. Uh, I think most of the guys really like Morgan Scally and respect him. And this kind of blew a lot of us away. We weren't aware of any such of a thing. So now it's up to individuals to figure out how they react to it. And I understand bits and pieces of all these things. Uh, but I, I do think that the use of that word is unacceptable no matter what. And I know that football coaches use colorful language. I know they try to find ways to motivate their players, and sometimes that language gets pretty rough. I understand all that, but you don't use that word. And for those who say, oh, there's hypocrisy here because uh, black athletes or black musicians or, you know, African-Americans in general can use that term amongst themselves. And so why can't why can't a white coach use that? Well, I, I think if you really stop to think that through, you can figure that out pretty quickly. I read an article over the weekend, Jake. It, it was by a black intellectual. I don't, I forget, I forget his name, but he was saying that you use. He said, "I can call my wife honey, but a stranger across the room, it's inappropriate for him to call her honey." So there are different usages where where it's okay in one circumstance and not okay in another, and I think that's pretty clear for most people to understand. Anyway, it's egregious in my mind. Uh, he apologized. The apology seems sincere to me, but this needs to be taken really seriously, and I think that's what the university is doing. Uh, and and that's it, the nutshell. I did not draw a conclusion in my column because I don't have all the facts. But if there is a pattern here, that that cannot stand. And I I I I understand that there have been various youths who have been asked about it, former players, and some say one in particular tweeted out that that he too had been called that that name by Morgan. 
I don't know whether he has or he hasn't. That's what he said. And that's a problem for me, if that is, in fact, the truth. Others have said they don't think that Morgan is a racist. They think he might be somewhat naive or less than versed in in the best way to handle or talk to certain African-American players. Uh, so there, there is that information that is coming forth. But I imagine that this investigation, this review that is taking place, that's what they're looking for. They're looking to see what the pattern is, and then it's up to the university to decide from there. One other thing to this, Jake, sorry to talk so much. I, you, ha- you have your, your uh, say in just a second. It's interesting to me. I don't know when Kyle Whittingham became aware of this. And if he did become aware of it before now, what did he do about it when he became aware? Because I think it would be bad for him if he did not know about it, if he knew about it and didn't do anything about it back in 2013 when this particular incident uh, was to have taken place. So, Gordon, let me let me can I I want to cover what uh, what you said at the at the last part right there. But I, I have some some overall thoughts uh, about what uh, what you uh, kind of got to here. OK, but first of all, on that last part, and I was talking to Austin about this. I want to know what law firm they hired. I, I want to know who exactly is doing the investigating, because the last time something like this happened, they hired a law firm whose expertise is in putting out fires. So what <laughs> uh, what what angle is this going to be investigated in? You know, is it going to be investigated to mm, just get to the bottom enough that, uh, you know, people can get by or is it going to be truly investigated? I want to know. I want to know who they hired to do that. I, I think that's but actually how, a very important piece of this puzzle. How does that serve the University of Utah's purposes if they were to go soft on him? When it's become a national story that this term was used by an assistant coach at the University of Utah, I think there is extreme pressure for them to get this right. I think because if it is if it isn't handled right, if if someone if they soft you this, then that not only will that hurt the University of Utah's reputation, it will also hurt them in a very pragmatic way, or potentially could as far as recruiting goes. Well. You could say, well, okay, take the football out for a second. You could say all of that about the Lauren McCluskey murder, and they've botched it. It's been a disaster, yeah. a disaster. So you're 100% right, and they, they have a lot on the line to handle this correctly. But if, if past experience is any evidence, then that's, that's far from, uh, uh, you know, <laughs> let's hope they come to that conclusion. Let me put it that so way. So you think the potential is there for them to brush this, give it sort of just a, a quick uh, once over? The, and po- then the potential? Make, make, I make certainly excuses. do. I, yeah. I certainly think the potential is there. Okay, how about this, Gordon? Let me, let, can we hold this thought for a second and I'll, I'll share mine, uh, my thoughts coming up next. And I, I, I want to get your uh, reaction to that and we can kind of continue this conversation. Yeah, let's do it. Because uh, sitting uh, right here in studio, now we're, we've we've gone the diagonal route because you know we're we're doing our thing, we're we're staying apart. But uh, our good friend Gordon Tim from RGS Exteriors is in the house. What's going on, Tim? Hey, it's good to finally be here, man. To get back to normal a little bit, huh? It's great to see you. How are <laughs> how are things? How's how's your world? You know, things have things have been good. Believe it or not, uh, people are working on their home right now. We're just cranking. Yeah, I've noticed that a lot of people are kind of taking stock with their living space at the moment. It's it's been good, you know. As we've had time to look at our homes and realize how much work we actually need to do on our homes, and we've been able to take care of those customers that want to get it done. All right. Well, let's uh, let's talk. Uh, kind of the message you want to get out there. We, you know, it always starts with gutters, but there's so much more, right? Yeah, definitely for sure. Obviously, we do everything. Anything on the outside of your home, you can imagine we do. But but obviously, the day like today, it's all been rainy and. Lots of guys, uh, gutters are plugged and clogged. We've had a lot of phone calls today that there's gutters just overflowing. So that's what we're here for. Uh, help them out with the gutters. We can keep them clean so that you never have to worry about that. Just anything you want. Yeah, they, uh, the, that storm was something else yesterday. Yeah, it was the last couple of days. We had, we had so many people call with the, just everything overflowing. We just get those little deluges we get every once in a while. So, yeah. All right. Well, we'll you know we'll we'll talk about it all today. But of course, you know anything on the exterior, you guys can pretty much do it. Whether we're talking, you know, I don't know, from stucco to gutters to uh, soffit and fascia, 
uh, repair. I mean, you guys do it all. Yeah, you're, hey, you're good at this, Jake. We're starting to, you're going to be able fascia, to come self. Fascia, fascia, fascia. Soffit okay. and fascia, okay. you bet. Soffit and fascias, the gutters, siding, stucco, stone, brick. Yeah, anything anything on the outside to make your home look pretty is what we're all here right. for. All right, what do our listeners need to do to get a hold of you? Just give us a call, 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110, and uh, give us a call, and the office will get you taken care of. All right, that's 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110RGS uh, Exteriors. Tim, it's great to see you, and you're going to be hanging out all show. Looking forward right to on. it. Right on. Thanks, my brother. All right, more next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. All right, Gordon, the tweet has been sent. It is out. In a movie about his life, who would play a young Gordon Monson? You can, and then a, a very handsome, young, vibrant Gordon Monson, uh, a picture. Who would play him? At Jake Scott's own. As I mentioned in the, uh, in the uh, text I sent to you, that that picture was taken in 1890. It's a good-looking photo. Good-looking photo. Uh, by the way, band of the day uh, today is Boston, selected by our friend Tim from RGS Exteriors and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts. Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com. Uh, Gordon, I wanted to share a couple thoughts and, and get you, uh, your reaction, maybe further our conversation about uh, Morgan Scally. And uh, I tried to you know, digest things over the weekend. And uh, you know, there are some things that... Uh, that uh, well, anyway, I want to look at this uh, realistically and get down to the question that that you raised in your column of whether Gordon or Morgan Scally should should keep his job or not. And I want to start off by saying words matter. You know, the words that we use every day, the words that we text and email and all those sorts of things, they matter. Uh, and it's it's how we communicate and interact with our with our fellow man. Uh, I have a benign example from my life, but when I kind of learned this lesson, Gordon, it was a it was a recruiting day, uh, and I was young uh, on the in my career on the radio, and we had a, a recruiting expert on who was a real. I mean, it, it, let's just say it was a biased opinion that we were getting, and I was frustrated with the way the interview went, and I had somebody who emailed me and said uh, a listener had emailed me and said, "Well, why would you have this Homer on on the radio?" And I emailed back. Something aggressive to the point of like, I don't know why I would have blah, blah, blah. And it was not, you know, it was it was not the correct way to interact. And I just did it because I was I was bothered that because that's not what I thought we were getting with the interview. Let me put it that way. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I uh, find out that some the, the person that I emailed went and posted it on a message board and said, oh, this is this is directly from Jake Scott, blah, blah, blah. And I get the the recruiting guy that we had the on the air i get an email from him saying hey well you know why are you why are you bad mouthing me out there and running me under the bus and i'm just trying to make a living and all these wonderful arguments that he made to me and i had to email him back i'm sorry i, I took uh, responsibility for it i said you know i learned a lesson that you know it's not just typing words out on a keyboard and again that's a benign example from my life but i certainly learned that lesson that that words matter and we should consider our words when we when we speak and when we communicate and because we're we're ultimately responsible for the consequences of our words and i i don't need to tell you that you make a living with your words uh, in written form gordon and i i know you know exactly what i'm talking about because you consider the language in your columns very carefully and uh, and I admire you for that because I think you you do a really good job when you do that. But my, my point being is 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 words matter and there are consequences to our words. And in this case, Gordon, I want to look at this uh, at the reality of the situation and try to get to the bottom of your question. If Morgan Scal can Morgan Scally be an effective coach in his position going forward? And I don't know that he can. So personal feelings aside and looking at this situation for a second and trying to address the, the, the question that you put up in your column, can, and we talked about this a little bit on Friday, but going forward, can Morgan really identify with an 18-year-old black kid going forward? 
Can he coach that? Can he motivate? Can he recruit that? Can he do his job? And I, I brought up a, an example uh, with Austin when we were chatting about this before the show. You know, I don't know how many Michael Richards movies you've seen lately, but his use of that word prevented him from doing his job, and he had to find another job. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, all uh, aside as we try to to negotiate justification in this circumstance, I I wanted to raise the question, can he be an effective leader of young people on that team going forward? And I I think that is a really important question that needs to be asked because I don't know if he can. Let's tear it apart a little bit. Think about that. Uh, this is this is troubling to uh, black athletes and to white athletes. I don't care what your background is. If you think you have a coach who who used that kind of word, uh, I, I, that would that would make me wonder a little bit. And uh, is that the guy I want to be led by? Uh, now, maybe different people will answer that differently, Jake. And I don't know how. I don't know how we find that out. I've seen a lot of people who have made suggestions like put it up to a vote of the players on the team. You know, I but but I don't know how comfortable I would feel uh as as an athlete uh if if there's a coach who who talks like that. Uh if that's what he does. Well, now there's there's more of a layer to the issue. And if you if you look into Chris Camrani's piece in the Athletic today and he was on with Hanson Scotty and his his article is really really good. He got a lot of different perspectives and tried to to include them all. And it, it seems like it kind of comes from all sides. But there are certain scenarios that are described in here where, you know, they are issues and maybe they're not intentional and maybe they're not overt, but they are. Uh, but they are issues. Um, you know, for example, this is from Mo Lee. Um, who obviously is a is a former Ute. He said this in Camerani's piece, quote, if you were cool with Morgan Scally or anything of that sort, you probably were a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which means you had something in common with him or you were one of his guys. If you were considered one of his guys, he would praise you if you were everything he'd want you to be. But if you were anything outside of that line, he would embarrass you in front of everybody and certainly make an example of you. I was on the end of that multiple times. Unquote. I don't think that I that's just I don't know if that's overt intentional racism. Right. Or is that is that insensitivity to an issue that somebody like Morgan is unaware of? Well, okay, I want to go back on that accusation because uh, I don't know if what he just said is true or not. Correct. I You know, I mean, throw the church into it. Now, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. What am I supposed to say to that? I don't know whether Morgan did that or not. Well, well, well I, church aside, I, I think the, the keep an eye on the greater point here for a second, that it, it was it's biases that we all have and that we all bring to the table and that we're all trying to be aware of and sensitive to others. But, right? but a, coach, a coach can only be biased by what he sees on the field and what he sees in the film room and what he sees out of the effort of an athlete. If, if he lets other things come into play, hey, I like him better because I, I like his religious beliefs or I like him better because uh, we have similar personalities – but you can't do that as a coach. Right. You cannot right. do that. You cannot allow that to happen. The only thing that you can judge an athlete on is his effort and his conscientiousness and what he's his team attitude, those kinds of things. And so if Morgan was were had actually done that, then then shame on him. And I don't know whether he did or he didn't because this is one guy talking uh, – I, 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 that that would be a major flaw. If I were teaching a course on coaching, that would be probably the one of the first things I would say. It's the only way that you can you can judge an athlete is is by the effort he puts forth for you. You can't you can't judge somebody on the way they wear wear their hair, or the you know if they have tattoos or not or the color of their skin, or what neighborhood they come from. All of that is ridiculous. 
You can't do that. You can't do that and be in the coaching profession, in my opinion. Well, and some of these guys felt that way. Yeah. Um, I, I'll, there's there's so many different perspectives in this Camrani article. I don't want to get uh, I don't want to get bogged down on one or two things, but just because we're talking about it, another example. Uh, Booby Hobbs uh, talked to Camrani, and I'll read right from the piece. He says, Hobbs said no coach in his life made him better than Scally, but he also said that Scally did not uh, evolve to make black players feel more welcomed and comfortable. Hobbs alleged that when players of the LDS faith were caught having smoked marijuana, Scally cried in a team meeting. But when black players were caught having done the same thing, he didn't want them on the team anymore. And then he now let's stop right there. I mean, that is a hell of an accusation. That 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 is about as damning as it gets. If that's true, and I don't know whether it's true, that's how he and, felt. And, I mean, well, he, he's pretty plain this, right there. But this is uh, I'm sorry. Who said that? Booby Hobbs. Booby Hobbs. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes players get angry at coaches for reasons other than than them, their appropriate behavior. You know. I, and that's why, to me, I think all of these voices should be heard. But uh, there's other stuff that needs to be taken into consideration. Uh, what went into that relationship? And some players, you know how it is, Jake. Sometimes a player doesn't get the playing time he wants, and so he gets ticked off at the coach. I And I'm not making any excuses here. I think all these guys should be heard. But it also needs to be measured measured out and sort of sorted through. Well, let me, okay, this is kind of long, but I, I think there's some value here. Let me read Booby Hobbs' entire comment, because okay. I, I do think that's important, and a lot of people sometimes point to, to access to grind. And in, in fairness, let me read the whole quote, and, and people out there can, can judge for themselves. He said, quote, I don't hate him, uh, but for me being a black man at this time, and I keep saying that because it's about race, and then again it isn't, but me being a black man and seeing that you can make a mistake, Coach Scally, you can mistakenly say a racial slur and you will ask for forgiveness. But if I make a mistake like smoking marijuana, don't look at me like I'm a bad person. Give me a second chance, and if you're asking for, uh, give me a second chance as if you're asking for the same second chance. He goes on, he says, my life got uh, affected by certain things that I did. Some things I got a second chance, some things I didn't, and it hindered my life. So if this situation that you created, Scally, hinders your life, it hinders your life. At the end of the day, Utah is about accountability. It's about action. No, I don't want to see you go down. I don't want to see you hurt. I feel like I'm a product of you, Coach Scally. You were the only coach that I've ever said hey, this man is the best coach I've ever played for. He was so powerful to me. I actually went back uh, to my thoughts and thought maybe if I would have listened, maybe I wouldn't have taken offense to this. My life would be better. But as a black man, I can't just keep my mouth closed anymore. My heart definitely goes out. I hurt because I'm cursed with a forgiving heart. I don't want to see him lose his job, but when it comes down to a uh, to a black player like me, you hindered or you played a part in altering. Where is their second chance? Where is their forgiveness? I don't think he hates black individuals. Uh, he was prejudiced to the fact he didn't know you're offending us. And by uh, and by us being young players, it hindered our lives. We had to bite our tongue because we wanted to play on Saturday. And we knew if we come out and say, hey, Scally, maybe said something racist. We're not playing in the game. We're not going to see the field, unquote. That's a hell of a quote. I thought so. I mean... That covers a lot of ground. Um, yeah, I mean, what do you do with that? Uh, he just said that he was the best coach he ever played for, but he also said there was um, some ignorance on the part of Morgan where he didn't know how to relate. So, I, you know, this is a this is a tough subject. This is a, this is this is a tough one. That's why I, I felt that your column over the weekend was was helpful, Gordon. And I, I really enjoyed Chris's piece in the Athletic. Uh, if you get a chance, give them a subscription and uh, and give that a read because it was very very good. We also had an interview with Chris at twelve eighty the zone dot com, which was uh, which was very good as well. All right, Gordon, we'll get to uh, more coming up right around the corner. We've got what's going on at the top of the three o'clock hour. Chris Mannix at the top of the four o'clock hour. It is the big show. Oh, Kenneth Scott, excuse me, at 430. It is the big show, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. So put 
Put your hands together and please welcome. This is Utah's best sports radio. Guess who's back? You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating, and Electrical. Spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today, 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333 at Action Plumbing. Gordon, we'll get to what's going on coming up right around the corner. But right now, let's uh, let's talk about this uh, the story in uh, local recruiting for college basketball. There's uh, Josh Newman, your cohort over there at the Trib, has a story uh, up about it. But Caleb Lerner, we found uh, we found out last week, had requested uh, his release from his national letter of intent from the University of Utah. And now there's a little bit more depth to maybe some of the reasons why, and uh, including a connection with uh, with BYU. Yeah, there had been – people thought that uh, BYU had a great chance of landing him. His dad played at BYU, if memory serves. and um, But then he ended up signing with Utah. And in the meantime, if I read it correctly, according to what Josh had written, that BYU had hired uh, Matt, his dad, not in an athletics department uh, capacity, but some somewhere in the university – and so uh, I don't know if that's the exact reason that Caleb uh, would be interested in backing out at the University of Utah, but connect the dots. And uh, so now he, he wants out. So this brings up all kinds of interesting questions to me. I mean, one, obviously, the two schools are rivals. They're very, you know, 45 miles apart from each other. Um, and then there is the question about... Should uh, a young kid, 18-year-old kid or however old he is, uh, be held to, uh, to that national letter of intent? Because technically, the University of Utah, if they say no, he, then he, is, he's, he loses a year of eligibility if he goes. Yeah. So this gets back to our age-old argument between the two of us, Jake, how much power should the kid have versus what the institution has. Mm-hmm. The problem for the University of Utah in this particular case, Larry Koskowiak, if he doesn't let this kid out of it, yeah, this kid hasn't played for a second for the Utes. He isn't even in college yet. So if they don't let him out, then it's a bad look, I think, for the University of Utah's basketball program, in my opinion. Maybe others would disagree. I'll, I'll add this, and I, I agree with what you said there, Gordon. Um, I'll, I'll add this. Uh, this is from Josh's report in the trip. Multiple sources close to the Utes told Salt Lake Tribune over the weekend that uh, Loner indeed wants out, and if they offer, uh, and they offered some background. Two sources says BYU hired uh, his father Matt in a non-athletics capacity, and that's when the pressure mounted on Loner to switch schools. Another well-placed source has since said that is not accurate. But yeah. uh, just to just to to get that out there. But before fan bases go getting on their their high horses about hiring parents in order to land recruits, it happens a lot. And if you've got a problem with it, you've got a problem with it probably at your own school. But do we know that those two things are connected? We don't. We, but that's the gray would, area. Are that, we are we naive to believe it doesn't? Uh, you know, it does, and I've got an issue with it. But I mean, you know. <laughs> what do you what do you do about it? Because it's the gray area that all this is operating under, right? You know. Mm-hmm. Well, it, like uh, like for example, uh, Lo, uh, Ben Simmons uh, goes to LSU, a Nike school, right? And Ben Simmons' sister, while he's at LSU, just happens to have uh, a job. <laughs> Right. I I mean, we we've even we've seen it here locally where uh, Utah's got a big recruit coming from. Is it Puerto Rico? I believe. And they hired his father last year. Uh, You know, if you want to look at the LP3, 
Uh, Gordon, uh, those uh, big recruits at BYU, where did their uh, high school coach, Quincy Lewis, end up? At BYU. Now, isn't he a high school coach out in Lehigh somewhere? Uh, I think so, but, I mean, yeah. you, 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 <laughs> you see this stuff, and it makes me uncomfortable, too, but what exactly are you going to do about it? Yeah, and it's different for each in each case. I mean, I don't know what Matt Loner does for a living. I don't know what capacity he, what position he filled at BYU. I don't know if those two things are related. It certainly raises the, uh, it sort of shoots off the flare, doesn't it? But I, I don't know. See, this is the problem with an 18-year-old kid. If you're going to hold them to these letters of intent, they're just idiots. They're young idiots. I, I, don't, I mean that in the best sense. I mean, I didn't know exactly what I was doing at age 18, you know, and I understand a contract's a contract. That's what some people say. Hey, the kid has to learn. He has to honor. When you sign on the dotted line there, baby, you got to live by it. I understand all of those things, but I still, in my heart of hearts, whatever the situation is, and it doesn't matter whether it's a BYU kid going to Utah or a Utah kid going to BYU, What it doesn't matter to me. Uh, an 18-year-old kid should, if he, if he, if I'm a coach and a kid comes to me and say, hey, you know, I signed this letter of intent and I know you were counting on me. I could help out in that uh, front court and I can hit some threes for you, but I'm sorry. I had a, I changed my mind and my heart isn't in playing for you. Th- that phone call takes a lot of guts right there to make that phone call. And I don't want, I don't want to hold him to it. If he doesn't want to be there, I got too much pride. I'm not going to sit there and say, sorry, son, you have to. We're going to penalize you now. You know, you're going to lose a year of eligibility because you made the dumb mistake. That's a bad, bad look, and I wouldn't think that way. Right. I understand people say, well, yeah, but wait a minute. He was he was recruiting a certain way, and then maybe he didn't recruit another guy because he had this guy coming in. So what? That's just part of the deal. Um. I don't necessarily disagree with you, Gordon, except for that you're you're like we we look at the tampering, right? The hiring of the dad and we say that's not right. And then you look at the other side and say, okay, it should be the Wild West and they should be able to go anywhere. Well, one has a direct impact on the other. So if you if you take away the rules, you open up the doors to a significant amount of tampering. I remember Cam Newton when he got had his issues with his dad taking money and that sort of thing. Remember, he was coming out of junior college, Hmm. you know, like. So I I hear what you're saying, and I, I, I think there's some value in what you're saying. But in this particular circumstance where we talk about what we're valuing, certainly opening the door to to letting kids go wherever, whenever they want, you're opening the door to a significant amount more tampering the type of behavior which we don't approve of in this circumstance as well. But if you were going to do this on purpose, why didn't you offer him that job before he decided where he wanted to go? Because when inevitably these athletes realize that, the, or that uh, it's harder than they thought going in, they're going to be susceptible to somebody saying, hey, come over here, it's better. What do you mean harder? Because uh, these recruits, as you just said, don't know what they're getting themselves into. And you talk to uh, college athletes across the board, and they'll tell you what a leap it was to go from high school to college. Right, I understand that, but he's going to face that leap whatever program he goes to. But does he have the wisdom to understand that at the time, or is he going, wow, this is really hard, and I've got another coach over here who's going to hire my dad and tells me it's going to be a lot better? But why didn't they do that before? If that was the intent on BYU's part, you would make that move before he signs on the dotted line. And then he, if, if, if you know that if that's supposedly the reason that he wants to switch, then... I don't know. They, I, they, I'm they talking should, conceptually. I don't know, I know. about this, and I, and this I circumstance. Sort of, I sort of am too. But in this particular case, if they were going to go ahead and, and pull a move like that, then they, it seems like they, logic says they would have done it before he signed... And then they wouldn't go through this hassle. So if if I'm if I'm Matt and I'm sitting there going, hey man, I earned this job. I did it on my own. I didn't do it because somebody had an ulterior motive to get my kid. I mean, that would be insulting to me well, if how, I had any pride at all. Why? Why don't? Well, think about it this way. Let's take this circumstance uh, aside. 
uh, a kid puts 50 grand in his pocket to go to a school, plays there for six months and goes, hey, who else has another 50 grand? <laughs> plays a well, season and then says, hey, uh, I had a pretty good year last year. This time, if, who's got 100 grand? If someone's going to pay you that much, you're headed to the NBA after one year. Well, forget about the total for a second and think about the, the concept of what I'm saying. Yeah, I understand that there would be abuses, but I still, I still... I, I like tipping the odds in the favor of the athlete. And I know some fans of certain schools are, are going to disagree with that, and maybe others will disagree with it as well. I, 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 I say what I say with the full knowledge that there are going to be some abuses that go along with it. All right. Uh, we'll get to what's going on coming up right around the corner. Joining us now in studio, our friend Tim from RGS Exteriors, 801 280 Three one one zero is the phone number to call. But Tim, let's let's talk about the background of the company a little bit because uh, you guys are are family owned and you've been around for a long time. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing to talk about. I appreciate you asking that. Uh, yeah, I'm the fourth of five generations. So my two oldest boys, uh, when they're not in school or working, in fact, actually, all four of my kids were at the office today working. So all right. So they're the fifth generation. I'm the fourth. Uh, I I started working with my dad when I was a young boy and. Um, went to college and decided to stick with the family business. So, yeah, we've been uh, installing uh, exterior work really since about the 40s is when my great-grandpa started. That's pretty incredible. It's kind of fun. You know, you don't typically hear that uh, company's been around that long, especially in our industry. So it's fun. It's fun to be around in Utah and serving Utah for that long. So I, I would imagine that a byproduct from that is you've seen it all. We've seen it all. Good, bad, the ugly. <laughs> you've seen it all. We've, we've been there. We've done that. You know, one thing that we really like is we like those tough jobs, those tricky things. It's kind of our specialty. And so whether it's on the gutters or siding, whatever it is, if it's tricky, if it's hard, that's what we like to do. We can use our brains and use our, our vast experience and knowledge that we've had with, with all of us. And, you know, I, the one thing that's great, too, is I've got uh, probably five or six employees that have been with us for 20 years. Wow, so, that's great. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, we've been around a long time, and we keep people. Uh, our employees are loyal. We're loyal to them. And so we like to keep that, that around. All right. Whatever the case may be, uh, you heard Tim mention stucco, whether it's brick, maybe it's stone, or maybe it's your gutters. I, we talked about this in, the, in when I talked to you the first time. You know, folks with the storms coming through realize, like, hey, maybe my gutter uh, is not in such great shape. Yeah, it's, it's right, especially when we get rains like we've had this weekend and today. It's, it is. It's Your gutters a lot of times are, are okay. They're just plugged. So that's something we can do too. We can come out, take a look at it, and it may just be that it needs plugged, and we need to either clean them out or we, you know, maybe suggest a gutter cover so you don't have to clean them out again. So yeah, anything we can do on the gutter, siding, whatever, just give us a call. We're happy to help. I've had Tim out to my house to look at some stuff. I can tell you that it was a great experience. He'll treat you well. 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110. You know, I can say Generation Four, top notch, but you know, Generation Five. I hope so. We'll work, see. Work in progress. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> 801-280-3110. More next on The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.